0: You're listening to Sarah Hagen Backstage, with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business.
1: Kevin Murphy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm at home sick with COVID for the second time.
1: Oh no! How yeah. how Who are you feeling? A band
2: guy gave it to you, but I don't feel bad this time around because I'm boosted and vexed and I've had it before, so I think I'm just like, Ugh,
0: feel like yeah.
2: crap. I think I'll probably still be able to play this weekend. I probably I'll probably be negative by tomorrow.
1: Good, yeah. So you just retest, and then when you're negative, you're good to go.
2: Yeah, good. and the beauty of my situation with John Party, the artist I work for, is that. Our tour manager was a touring drummer. Our um, monitor engineer is a drummer. And Will and Jeff, our stage right and stage manager and, st- and stage right tech, and my tech, Jeff, Will Easterwood, and Jeff Brown, are both very, very good drummers. So they don't have to fly anybody in. So I'm kind of safe. I, you know, there's, in country, a lot of people like will do gigs that they shouldn't be doing, or they're scared to sub out a gig because they'll just lose their job. There's a lot of artists. Full disclosure on Nashville, you know, there's a lot of people that are artists that say the word loyalty and they throw family and they're they're liars. Most of them will fire you very quickly for almost no reason. And luckily, my guy is super cool. A and uh, you know he knows that now. He knows that if like I'm sick or. If there's, I'm not going to, you know, sub out a show because I want to go to somebody's wedding. If somebody's getting married on a day, I've got a gig. Sorry, I'm not going to make your wedding.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But if somebody close to me passes away or if, you know, Maddie graduated for something or JoJo's graduating for something, if there's something big mm-hmm. or I'm sick, John knows that four people on the, our staff can just like.
1: Yeah. Today a and-
2: show, you know? That's so i'm if i you're can't weekend, if i can't make it to missouri this weekend i know that jeff is jeff will have me covered
1: you know so that's so you. that's so it's so that's so comforting to know and i know that like you know just just like anywhere else like the music industry is is it can be it can be tough and you're right like you could lose your spot in a second um i've heard some really great stories about um about seats being held for people while they were sick or in a car accident or like i'm thinking about um kent slucher with his accident with Brian yeah. and like that that those story Greg Loman when he was in that car accident those stories like just warm my heart because
2: wasn't even, Greg's wasn't even a car the, the accident the stuff you just listed off is like the horrific stuff like, I know Greg, Greg wasn't even a car accident he was like accordion to by like a FedEx truck or something like he was broken in half effectively yeah. everybody rallied but yeah. again the people like Luke is a I've hung out with Luke and Kent's mm-hmm. boss he's a sweetheart. Yes. I, yes. I, I hope he still is. He's more famous now, but like, you know, guys like that coming to your aid and not abandoning you, and artists like that rather—that's um, really important. I know that. Uh, you know, I've you know, and I have some good stories about artists too. But you know, there are some bad ones. You know, and unfortunately, it's scary to like, oh man, if I get COVID and have to lay out for two weeks, it, am I gonna? Am I gonna get fired?
0: Yes. Yeah. Deal with
2: that. I'm lucky that I don't that I don't have that fear. I think if John fires me, it'd be just because I'm a cranky old dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think it'll be because he hates my drumming or that I got sick or something. I think it'll just be like Kevin's grumpy. Get rid oh of. Oh
1: my him. gosh, I yeah. love it. Yeah, let's just let's touch on the the Kevin's grumpy thing for a second because I I just enjoy your sense of humor so much. And from the moment that I met you, I was just like, okay like I, I we just i just get this guy and we can riff off each other and um but when i met you the the day that i met you we had great conversation and we were in a group of drummers of course we were at like a drummer hang and which is always fun and everyone's giving each other a hard time because that's what happens and you know that's it's just the community um but you reminded me of somebody and i couldn't quite put my finger on it and i don't know if you remember this but we talked on the phone the next day, and I had it had finally, it had finally popped into my head, and I was like, "Kevin, I have to just tell you who it is that you remind me of." And you were like, "Okay, lay it on me," and I said, "You reminded me in the very, very best way of Negan from the show The Walking Dead," and
2: I forgot that. <laughs> you know what's funny is. My partner Jojo is going to be calling, texting you later, and be like, "You're right. I love she that okay. actor." Um, yes, what
1: I can't think of his name. I'll think of it.
2: Yeah, uh, but, Jeffrey but, Dean
1: Morgan. Jeffrey Dean yeah, Morgan. Yeah. Yes.
2: And I'm actually one of our, the the bass player. That picture over my shoulder, uh, that for Hauser is very close with, uh, has known um, Hillary. Yeah. that actor's wife, wife and also an actor um, and a great actor. They, they, so he knows all of them and part of me wanted to be like, if I'm ever next to him, A, people are gonna realize how short I am because he's a <laughs> monster apparently. but I'm perfectly fine with people thinking I have that kind of swagger. I'll take <laughs> I won't hit anyone in the head with a bat anymore. In my 20s, I was a different person um i think that honestly i I think that uh the humor i think that a lot of people that think i'm grumpy
0: yeah
2: because i'm i am i'm not particularly dry but i am blunt yes um so when i say you know something political or whatever online and i'll be like you should take inventory of that if you believe this Mm -hmm. think about that Mm -hmm. it's not maybe i'm calling you dumb maybe i'm not but i'm really honestly just saying hey buddies if you believe this you should do some homework
1: right right well you're yeah you're asking people to think about things right like
2: i I, I ran into rich redmond the other day at um in town and i remember we were laughing about how the first time he and i ever had a a drink we caught got a beer together like i don't know it must have been 15 16 years ago
0: probably Mm -hmm.
2: Um and I remember I, I was like, hey, Rich, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but just listen, Truman drops the bomb, got three exclamation points on its headline. You being available on Tuesday for a session between three and five does not warrant five. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember right then we were locked in as brothers because he yeah. just told he how he was like you're right buddy it does it but i'm gonna still
1: get through it like, <laughs> yeah. that was a it. perfect perfect rich redmond impersonation by the way uh, and I, do, I, I
2: i can do rich pretty good uh he he one time he had like he had one of those battery packs on your phone you know yeah. was, like it, bigger. And yeah. it was the first time i'd ever seen one i was like what's what's that rich and He was like, "Oh, bro, bro! Listen, you gotta get one of these, and when you charge it up, it just it feeds it all day because you gotta stay juiced." <laughs> and then time, now, if if me or Ben or Rob or Keo or Nick, when we see when we see Rich, it's like you gotta stay juiced. <laughs> I might make like a Redmond cartoon shirt where he's like, and it's like you know that look he.
1: Yeah, you yeah. have to have the bubble too, the bubble with him saying yeah, that. Yeah, he's always got
2: his mouth open. He's like, I might do like You got to stay juiced. Uh, you know, one day I'll make one.
1: That would be an incredible. I will buy one of those shirts. I'll
2: send you a, a got to stay juiced Redmond shirt. I
1: love, I love it. And I love Rich. And, he, and he's, su- he's just such a personality. I—that That is so perfect, you know? You see, and I.
2: The thing about Redmond is, is he's in on it. And pe- yeah. I've had people, and I've told people this, so people, uh, you know, I don't get, I hope nobody, like, comments like, why, why is he, uh, you know, talking shit about Rich? I'm totally not. I love Rich. No, no. I've had the conversation. We've shown each, we've laughed at people, like, commenting, really coming after him. Like, yeah. The other day, we when we we, we were laughing at this guy, it was like, why does this guy look like he's working so hard to play this basic garbage? And he was, he was, Rich was like, yeah You know, because he knows <laughs> that if you took that person yes, walked them out of their home and dragged them to a stage in front of 60,000 people and dropped them behind Rich's kit, they would absolutely check.
1: Yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah.
2: Well, 100%. They yeah. would walk up and be like, and they would try to play all their, and it wouldn't translate and they would fall apart. So it's yes. kind of funny, but it's also funny because Rich is in on it. There are yeah. other dinners that we all know that don't get it. Whatever right. it is, they just don't get it. And they're always, like, jockeying for position on some weird, like, th- somehow they think they're going to die. And, like, some old guy in a beard's going to give them a ribbon if they were, like, the better drummer or they had more followers. I don't know what they think. But, like, Red- Redman gets it. He really just wants to further what Dom has done for yes. like, like, 50 years. Like, they, he just, he wants to be, and, man, I hope, I'm pulling for Dom. Um,
1: yes yeah so we're talking about Dom Famularo for anyone who's listening and doesn't know Dom Dom is a a legend an absolute legend um educator speaker motivator he's kind of like well he's the global ambassador we call him the drumming's global ambassador ambassador. yes and um he just is going through uh pancreatic cancer right now so um we're all thinking about him and and pulling for him and uh he came through his surgery and he's you know he's He's in recovery right now. So um, but yeah,
2: I I think Rich picked up his thing. I think he I think it's a combination of Dom and Tony Robbins. And he was like, And I think that honestly, I think if you pulled Rich aside and you were like, hey, what do you really want to do in life? I think he'd probably be like, I
0: want to host Wheel of Fortune.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would love he would be an incredible Wheel of Fortune host. I would
2: watch him doing like Family Feud. Would he be even better?
1: Oh yeah, family feud, that's even that is even more perfect for him. But sure. but like you're you're touching on like the fact that so people like Rich have really like made a place for themselves in this industry. And you you know, and you joke about the exclamation points, but like his personality just comes through in everything he does, even written and it's and it's fantastic.
2: And that's what he is. Like I I've known I've known Rich and consider him a friend. And yeah, can he be cheesy sometimes? That's his shtick. And he writes. Mm-hmm. For yes. you know, he wants to, he wants to do clinics for kids. I yes. literally have told people I don't want to do clinics for kids, and I don't yes. Take beginners. Yes, I don't take beginners because in person because I can't give them basically this. I can't take beginners, and I can't start them as well as a lot of my friends. I would rather them just go to one of my pals clinics or read their books who really can explain the pet, who really understand the pedagogy behind educating, you know, either young people or people new to the craft. Um, People that are more advanced can actually benefit from the stuff. I'm going to talk about how they adjust their feel and the spaces in between the notes and like every, like I'm going to talk about stuff that is useless to an intermediate to beginner, a beginner. But I could have a conversation with you know if I ever meet Ash, you know we mm-hmm. could have a conversation about that and, and benefit from. It. I I don't know if I'm gonna meet him. I'm gonna go see him with Tori in Cincinnati next this, later this month.
1: Oh, like, nice.
2: Week after next, and I I just have tickets, but I've been bugging Keo to introduce me to him. Yes,
1: like, well, you should de- you should definitely meet him. I um, um I just saw him in Boston and. It was so good. It was so so good. And I, you know, the the musicianship on stage, the three of them Uh, together. uh, Well, he's playing
2: for Tori Amos, and like, if you if you don't like Tori Amos, you don't like talented musicians. Well, (laughs) well, I mean,
1: you know what? And you don't even have to know. You don't have to know her music or know anything about her to like sincerely appreciate that show from start to finish.
2: Oh, everyone on that deck is a Goliath at their instrument. So. you know yeah but I'm hoping to meet him but anyway the reason I brought him up was to say like you know that's the kind of people that will benefit from the conversations I want to have right um, right
1: but it's great but it's great for you to acknowledge that like you know some people really connect with with beginner drummers and, and kids on that level and you know it's but it's it's good for you to acknowledge that like everyone has their their face right their lane and some yeah. people
2: choose to be Uh, motivators or, or you know, inspiring figures. At the end of the day, man, you know, like Ludwig and Sabian and Aquarian and Vader, you know, these these friends and and companies work with me to help me tour and help me do what I do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe they're, maybe, I don't know, you'll know better than I, but maybe they do the math and go, oh, this guy plays for, you know, somewhere between a million, a million and two million people a year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, percentage wise, 4% 4% of them are probably drummers. And if 4% of them are drummers, there's X amount of people. And if 2% of those people go buy one thing, oh, giving them these drums are paid for, right. know, you know what I mean? Yes. Well, yeah. If somebody has got a million followers or 200,000 followers on Instagram or a bunch of TikTok, they're reaching just as many people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is crazy how things have shifted. And like you and I have had this discussion before too. Um, I came into the industry at a time where we would look at record sales and, you know, concert attendance and all that. That's how we figured out, like, if someone had influence in the industry as far as endorsements go. Um, And it's so different now. I mean, that's still incredibly important. And the live music thing, and I talk about it all the time on this podcast, but live music is so incredibly important to all of us and to, like, the world. We need it um we we need that connection we need to see musicians playing together you know like that that thing that happens that like i call it magic but it is magic it's the thing that happens when you're creating music together and the audience is taking it in and giving it back and it's just like it's just something magical but um but when you talk about like the online influence especially after covid like that was what was happening we all kind of learned to embrace it a little bit more because we had to right we we were like okay well we're not being seen out there we're not seeing each other in person how are we going to connect with each other with our audience um but yeah companies definitely look at the fact that you know there is so someone's out there say they have you know half a million followers on a social platform and a lot of times it's like a captured audience that is into whatever that is cuz if you're You know, I follow a a bunch of drummers. If you look on my Instagram and see who I follow, it's a whole lot of drummers. Um, But like, it's, it's the audience. It's the consumer that, that you want to reach. And a lot of companies, I think, have reached a point on social media where they aren't growing their following necessarily, but in order to reach those people out there and like a lot of times, like a younger demographic they need to see product with other influencers. And so, you know.
2: Yeah. I, my only issue with it anymore is, you know, um, is it's not like a, I don't want to do a grumpy boomer thing where it's like, stay in your lane, but stay in your damn lane. <laughs> like I, here's the thing. There are people, you know, there, there are people that I know that are like drum coaches or whatever. And they're, or, or, you know, whatever they are. And they're trying to present themselves as, Experts in a field Mm -hmm. that they are not experts in, so I don't want to see. You know what? I want to see that the the uh, the Cooper kid. I want to see him do his online thing. He creates a lot of yeah, yeah. Be the inspiration that you have been for a decade or whatever. You're an inspiring kid. You have millions of followers. They go there to be like titillated by it, and maybe there's probably a lot more people playing drums today because of him than because Mm -hmm. of me. Do it. But I don't want a lesson from that person on how to manage the studio environment on a high-pressure session. Sure. You want to hear that from, you know, Ash.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Done, you can When you turn on the radio and you hear Adele, that's, he was on that session.
1: Right. The
2: biggest song in the world. Well, let me hear that story. Um, yeah. I, when I hear the when I hear people that can't get work and can't get tours and they get fired every time they get a gig and you know and they're trying to teach the world how to how to be a pro touring drummer no shut up just do whatever you do and well, be good at that are you a good right. drummer can you create good sounds are you a content creator cool do your little fifteen second reels and and do that but but it, it, what pisses me off is when I see people that are like oh well. I'll give advice on like you know how to get endorsements and tour. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. you got to get gets fired from everything. Don't yeah. Don't give advice to kids on how to tour. Let me do that. I I've paid my bills touring since '93.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Been, you know I'm never unemployed. Let me do that. Let let Steve Nister, or you know I, there's like a list of people I can give you. Let Redmond do that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good though. It's good though. Like people will come to you if someone comes to you and they ask for something and you're like, yeah, that's not my thing, but go see so and so. Like, I think that's, that's the best part about this industry is like, you know, good passing people along to the right, the right area. Like this is, this is the person you want to talk to about that. And I do want to talk about your touring history too, because you know, you're, you are in Nashville.
0: Yeah
1: playing with John Party now, but you have had this, this history of like rock drumming and we, you and I have talked a lot about rock drumming, of course, and Zeppelin and all that fun stuff. But, um, let's, let's go like way, way, way back beginning Kevin Murphy drummer days. How did you even get started?
2: I, a lot of people have asked me, or not a lot. I think people say, a lot of people have asked me what my cymbal setup is, which means three <laughs> people have <asked> <laughs> If I get one person that's like, give me a tour of your kid, I'm like, people need to see a tour of my kid.
0: (laughs) I love it. I just
2: want to, I want to like, I want to see everybody's drum set. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's me too.
2: I'm a nerd for that shit. Wait till you see my new drum set.
1: Oh, oh, I can't wait. It's not
2: new so I can divulge. Uli (laughs) wasn't going to be able to get me. I wanted concert Tom Vista Lights. Eight to eight, to like huge, but they couldn't get them in time for, because COVID, they're every, you're, everyone's still catching up, right? Yes. Um, I called Brady for heads. And he was like, I'm looking, we're looking for aluminum right now. And I was like, yeah. oh, gotcha. I'll call you in three months. Yeah. You know, but, um, they just added stuff to my red sparkle kit. So it's going to be four up, two down.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Three stairs, three hats. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh.
2: It's going to be stupid and you're going to love it. Um, That's
1: great. I can't wait to see it.
2: Anyway, people have asked how I got started. People have actually asked that. And it's funny. I, I, It's weird. I don't think that, I think this goes back to what we were saying a minute ago. Like the first thing you do is you get going, right? So you, whatever inspires you, a family member, a friend, music, whatever you play in your garage, whatever gets you going, get going. Um. At some point, and it's up for each person to decide for him or herself, you have to choose. You don't have to choose the lane and stay in it forever, but you have to choose what your focus you would like to be because you have to start working. You can't learn it all. Um, and then, you, then you, you can learn it all as you go through life. But if you want to make a living out of it, you got to get kicking, right? So um, for me, I chose... I chose the live thing early. I, I enjoyed the energy of that. You know, I was 14 and played my first VFW hall or whatever, and kept going. And I, I had a I lived in rural Virginia in a little town called orange, Virginia, which was. Mm-hmm. And then I smashed myself in a car accident and I was moved up to DC area in Arlington. And then I started going to like go, go and hardcore shows. Mm-hmm. And the energy And you may not like, you know, somebody listening may be like, I don't like hardcore. I tried to listen to Bad Brains when I saw that guy's shirt on the Nirvana video. They suck. No, no, no. The energy from those groups Mm -hmm. existed, right? Um, And I think that energy is what brought me in early. So I was a live guy, for sure. And what I just did, I went to college, went to drum corps. Um, I was going to be a composition, band director, double guy, whatever, and and at the time, no part of me thought that I could compose for movies
0: mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
2: I didn't think about that. So I figured, oh, I'm going to be a band director. And I realized I was going to suck at it. And I had some good friends there that were going to be great at it. And they are. Mm-hmm. They still are. A couple of retired and one has passed away recently. But, you know, I, I my instructor, Sanderbeck, Randy Sanderbeck, uh, at, at my college was like, yeah, you're going to be a terrible band director. I've been waiting for you mm-hmm. to quit years <laughs> oh, no. um so i just went i went on the road and my path that's that is the very long preamble to this answer i made sure that i lived ate slept breathed loved playing live it wasn't about hooking up it wasn't about drugs i mean i partied and i had my issues with things but like the goal wasn't like i just want to go have fun the goal was that I wanted to do bigger and bigger and bigger and better stuff. So when I would play a show and I opened up for A.R.U. and Jeff Syke would be playing drums and I would see this this maniac behind the kit that is staggering to watch him play. I, I instead of being like, "Oh no," I'd be like, "I want that."
0: Mm-hmm. Be better than him,
2: still not. Uh, but you know, that's what I wanted. So I played with such a tenacity. And I was so voracious for like information and how to do it. And it, I benefited from drum corps my hands were really fast mm-hmm. <laughs> and was really strong when I was in my early twenties. And that carried me when my intellect and taste and stylistic choices failed me. My, my facility would sometimes carry me over that bar line. Right. Um, so I could stay alive for long enough to get hired away from each kid. So I was mm-hmm. in like a funk thing called full stop. And then this bigger Dinosaur called Egypt that was like this, like Parliament meets King's X, mm-hmm. of, you know, funky thing, What ate me, took me out of Full Stop and I did that. And then Earth Andy was this band that I created. We got, you know, we created out of that. We got signed, went to Warner Brothers and then Jimmy's Chicken Shack pulled me out of there. So I was at the pop punk thing for a while. Pop punk, whatever that is. Um Indie pop thing for a while. And then mm-hmm. Tonic, you know, I was still doing with Earth Andy stuff and we opened up for Tonic and then they needed a sub. For a month, it ended up being eleven years. They pulled me out of that, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, that's what happened. My path to it was really just play your ass off and be cool, and not take yourself too seriously, but take the drumming very seriously. Mm -hmm. And just you'll just keep getting hired away. Now, does it make me a bit of a, does it make me non-loyal? I don't think so. I think I was honest about where I was and what those bands were capable of. I mean, a bunch of those bands got record deals. I've signed like seven record deals.
1: Wow. Yeah. that's a. And I have to say too, I just reached out to you recently because randomly the Jimmy's Chicken Shack song, Hi, I think that's the name of it. Hi, popped into my head. It just like popped into my head out of nowhere. And I was like, what? That song, such a great song. And I, of course, looked it up and listened to it. And then I like saw your name associated with it. And I was like, Kevin.
2: <laughs> Here's the deal the, I didn't track that song, but I, no. I joined that band after that album had come out. Um, that was Jimmy Chaney. And, um, but I loved playing that.
1: Oh my God. The funny
2: thing is, he. He moves like it, it moves against the click. They don't think they did it with a click when they tracked it. So yes. he goes and that that um that section that goes right towards the end where it's where it's doing that halftime thing. Yes. It, there's a lot of big fills that go back into the yes. back to go to the ending. And he goes, he does this like Krupa kind of thing. Yes. And he speeds way up and there's. And he yes. it back. I actually recreated the wobbliness every night because mm-hmm. it felt right to me. I caught so much shit from people that were like, you know, online like, "His time's terrible. And they didn't realize that like, no, I made a choice. I could have played that to a click and that band would have yeah. followed me because they were they're great musicians and they were great guys. Yeah. And we're still really good friends. Um, they would have followed me if I'd wanted to keep it straight, but it didn't yes. feel right when I tried it to keep it straight. It felt better being indie rock that moved back and pushed forward and and breathed a little bit. So I caught hell for doing something purposely chasing like the the arc of this time. I caught oh, hell for years wow. for playing that song that way, but I love that song.
1: It's so I I can't hear it any other way either, and I I love. And that part of that, that's my favorite part of the whole song, of course, being a drummer. And it is so funny. I was talking to somebody recently about how like I can identify my favorite part of even if it's like just a tiny piece like that of any song Um, in my head. I'm like, oh, my favorite part's coming up like always. Mm-hmm. Right. How Absolutely. funny is that? You just identified that spot right there in that song.
2: And to be fair, even though I didn't play. On that record, there's a song called "Dropping Anchor." On that record, that is, I broke I broke the rims of snare drums playing that. Wow! Song. Like wow! That was you. People think Aaronoff hits hard. He doesn't <laughs> hit as hard as 26, 26 year old Kevin playing that song. <laughs> um, but I, I actually recorded. I will give you a fun fact. My most proud recording moment. I recorded a bunch of stuff, but my most the most pride I have isn't even the band, Earth Andy was my band. I, I was the owner of that. And I love that album. We spent a million dollars making it. And like, like you know, like it was, I love Earth Andy's stuff. But the Jimmy's Chicken Shack album called Represent um, was the album that's like my most proud moment because they had already done the drums and they'd done the record. And they had, had a falling out with their drummer or whatever, something wasn't right. Or it might have even been like a bit rate thing. Like everything was done right, but the drums weren't gonna be able to be mastered or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy called me and asked me to do it. And if you listen to that record, it's called Re.Present. So represent. I did, I showed up to the session and I'd forgotten my cymbals. Oh no. And Jimmy, I felt like an asshole. And Jimmy and Frank, the engineer and producer, called some friends, and they got somebody to bring some cymbals over. And they were like, they were like this cob together, like, like camber hats and like a couple of 2002s and some Z's for like real clanky live stuff. Oh, stuff wow. Know, I track a record with. And like a, 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 a mega bell, something with like the bell was like as big as my head. King, yeah. so like an anvil. And that was all we had. I had two crashes this huge ride, these terrible hats. And I was like, you know what? Actually, they weren't cameras. They were whatever the Pisces were that were blue marking. The the ink was blue.
1: Yes, I, I do. Yeah, I can't remember what they were, but yes.
2: Years ago. Um, yeah. and these And one of the crashes were broken. And <laughs> we loaded everything up because everything had been loaded up for them to listen to it in one thing. So the songs were like just like 30 second gaps in between them.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Every song on that record, I recorded to a click and the music already done. So I had to play to them pushing and pulling
0: Mm -hmm.
2: what had existed before on the drums. I had to play to that and the click and every song is one take. I did it all at once and then I left. Wow. Every song is one take
1: all right after this i'm gonna go listen to that album you're gonna, to,
2: you're gonna be like kevin i'm <laughs> really that's that's the one i'm super proud of because like you know yeah I, I was under total duress and idiotic mistake you don't show up with your plates man i mean
1: Oh man, I it's so tough though. I, I just I'm picturing you like looking at what you had to work with and going like, all right, well, it gotta make it work, right
2: And I that's did. and that's
1: the sign of a true professional right there.
2: I was young and fiery and I was like, ah oh, screw it.
1: You're gonna make it work. Well, and so talking about like breaking hoops and everything um your nickname and the name that you have on Instagram and your you know all the the, the things is big right foot. And I I don't know if we ever talked about like where that came from. I just assumed it was because you were a heavy hitter. You are a heavy hitter.
2: Well, I, less now. We haven't we haven't we haven't seen each other play in a while. No. But less now. Uh, but yeah, somebody and I don't even remember. I think it was my best friend Nathan, a man named Nathan Brown, who lives in Charlottesville and he plays in some you know, some bands up there. Um, I think Nathan said something about that big right foot one time, and I just kept that as my – I made that my email uh, a long time ago, like on AOL.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.
2: Um And then I made it my Facebook, and, uh, you know, I don't really mess around with Facebook much. I think that's just for old people to scream at each other on. <laughs> but um, then when Instagram and Twitter and stuff came up, I was like, oh, I'll just – I'll just do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just stuck, and I did. And for a while, I played a twenty six. I think when we met, I was playing a twenty yeah, six. Yeah,
1: you were. Um, yeah,
2: and I was gonna do that with John, but John has more. It's kind of a punchier sound. He, you know, um, I don't do his records. I did. I did his covers record, Rancho Fiesta. Um, but Miles McPherson does his albums with Lonnie mm-hmm. Wilson sometimes so like their sounds are just punchier all 22s yamahas and stuff so Mm -hmm. 26 Ludwig wasn't gonna work for that sound live so I didn't but at the time you know I was hitting that big thumpy and a lot of and it just seemed to work but and now you know it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for me to not use it changing it to like Kevin Murphy (laughs) to be fair I, I I stuck with that too because there's a guy that does all the hair products named Kevin Murphy and he's squatting on all the websites.
0: Oh, okay. You know,
2: mercy, everything, you know.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, you need you need to differentiate. I like it. Stick stick with it. It's great. That's I mean that's how I'll always think of you. So
2: it's I am hitting lighter. I am hitting lighter. I I adjusted my posture a little bit. Uh, it was the one thing. Elich, you know, and I had one like we're friends, but we had like one lesson where we didn't. Hack out, and we didn't shred. They literally spent the whole time working on like what my foot was doing because sometimes it it hits and then taps. It goes, mm. mm-hmm. and uh, like, and and weird. If I have like a four on the like, if I have a boom, if I have just two and four, oh god, oh god, it'll go, oh god, oh god. Oh, so I'm oh. I play like, eight notes. Yeah. Just kind of it taps with my hand.
1: Like yeah, you're you're and playing then, like like ghost notes with your
2: yeah. foot. And then some of them are just loud. And so that was we worked on that, and we worked on my posture. And when I sat up straighter, it helped my bat a, but b, mm-hmm. it made me think more about kind of what my arms were doing. And with John's stuff, I felt I had to make a conscious decision to sacrifice some of the power. Mm for placement
0: mm-hmm.
2: because a lot of songs with john i am between the click and him
0: mm-hmm.
2: like okay or or what because he's a very energetic dude so i realized i had to spend a lot more time uh with tonic i was never on the click i just mm-hmm. i just did we just played together with randy uh, hauser i was about half half and half maybe 80 percent at certain tours on the click, but like I didn't even have a whole lot of him in the mix, he was so far behind the beat. I just like made sure everybody was solid and then he could just do what he wanted. But with John, he has to be very loud in my mix because he'll be in the middle of songs and when the guitar solo starts, he'll turn around to his mic, his stage mic, and he'll tell me that he's about to count in a Dwight Yoakam song that I had <laughs> never heard. <laughs> and so I have to stay really on him. So to, to have him in my mix so loud a lot of times I have the click going and I have him ahead of it and I mm-hmm. have to find the spot here.
1: Mm, okay. Tuck it in. Yeah.
2: Um, so I had to play a little more focused a little less like
1: Right, right.
2: You, know, you can yeah. you can play and God love him, you know we all feel the same about Taylor. You can play like Taylor Hawkins did. With Foo Fighters because they were all on the same page.
0: Mm-hmm. They were all
2: too fast. Yeah, <laughs> they were all twelve beats ahead of where the album tempo was. But right. beyond that, they were all had the same energy. They were all yeah.
0: and
2: Dave and, and Rami, everybody's just like they were a so they much were, yeah. They were they were a weapon.
0: They yeah,
2: were a weapon. You know, so yeah. Taylor could just throw down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was and he and if he didn't. It was gonna suck, right? <laughs> well, if I was throwing, and I'm in my situation, if I'm throwing down, <clears throat> and half the band is kind of reserved, and we're all chasing John, and we're not really like together, mm-hmm. it's it's trash. So yeah. the best way I could I could honor what they had done in the record uh, on the records, and also provide the right thing for live was for me to calm down and yeah, and not hit his heart. I'm also fifty. 50-
1: Well, and you know, that, that's the other thing too. I I was just speaking to someone recently who was like, you know what? I just, um, it was Stephen Perkins. He, you know, it just kind of like paying more attention to, you know, like how the body is reacting to things. And it's, it's really interesting. And you have gone through, you know, you're, you're into health and eating healthy and like cooking good food and all of that. And. Um, I know you went through a health scare not that long ago. It scared, scared the life out of all of us, I think. And that was fun. Yeah.
2: Did, did I ever tell you what happened?
1: You did. but let's let's talk a little bit about it if you don't it mind. Hyper,
2: it was it was like it was hypertension from various things. Hey, I've just my family's runs hot, mm-hmm. um, and I was unaware of it. I had migraines for like 15 years, and I didn't realize that it was that. So I was sick, and I was taking all these over-the-counter drugs which also jack your blood pressure up so i passed out i finally you know got myself to an emergency room and my blood pressure was like well beyond stroke level Mm. like well beyond like if i said the numbers everyone in your listening fan base that is a nurse or whatever would be like oh he's he was should be dead yeah Um, you know, several hundred over a couple of hundred. And, you know, I passed out. And one of the things they give you to, to drop your blood pressure when you, when that happens is morphine. Mm-hmm. And I come to just in time for a doctor who was very arrogant, tell me, hey, you're in kidney failure, your blood pressure, blah, blah, blah. We're going to give you some morphine to drop your blood pressure. And I said, as I was saying, I'm allergic to morphine. They pushed it
1: in. Oh, no. And that's
2: what coded me out. Yes. Yeah. That's what that's what caused the. That was the thirty thousand dollar decision. You know, when he did that, and I was laying there thinking, man, <laughs> I'm, I was passing out, worst I've ever felt, and I'm laughing about it now because like it was so absurd to be laying there, and I was thinking, I was thinking, I'm naked on a metal slab in San Antonio, and this cannot be how I'm gonna crook. Like, no. I was like, this is BS. <laughs>
0: I can, I can, I know that's what was
1: going through your head. I know this it is,
2: is garbage way yeah. out of this game.
1: This not how but, it's going to happen,
2: but yeah. But I did get, I had already before that, you know, I had already quit smoking years ago and I wasn't drinking as much. Now, uh, that hit my kidneys so hard that I can't take ibuprofen or drink anymore. I can take a sip of wine if I want, but I can't like drink, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably good because in the 90s. I drank a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I'm vegan um, for a lot of reasons. A, that helps, you know, that helps. B, I'm already naturally very dense muscularly. um, So I don't need to do like keto to lift weights. It's like I I do yoga and I do some uh, workouts with Jojo uh, because she knows all of her fitness stuff. I still got to lose about 30 pounds, but that's also because sometimes I can get a little vegan junk foodie. I say
1: say all, because I'm vegetarian, I say all the time, like, most desserts are vegetarian. So it's not easy sometimes.
2: (laughs) It's funny on the road when people are like, caterers and stuff look Mm -hmm. very confused when they see vegan on the rider and they have to feed somebody that's vegan. And it's like, I want to pull them all aside and go, have you ever been to an Indian restaurant? Yeah. Half of it. Yeah. Well, most of it's vegetarian because there's, yeah. like, you know, cheese and stuff in it, though. But if you take that out, it's vegan. Like most of yeah. it is. Um, uh, but so honestly, for health, I, I I switched a lot of stuff up, and we went a little harder. Um, thankfully, JoJo is super knowledgeable about that stuff, so she helped me get there, and I'm still working on it. And as I delved into it, after making it like a health decision. Um, you discover some things that make you realize that, like, at some point, you know, not everybody needs to face these things, but I did. And I realized, you know, if you study a little bit and you realize that, oh, wait a minute, pigs are smarter than human toddlers, mm. they're more emotionally aware than human toddlers. So, you know what? Yeah, I've liked p- barbecue and bacon plenty, but I wouldn't eat a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not going to eat anything as smart.
1: I know. I know. know, And I'm laughing. I'm laughing just because, you know, that
2: it's an absurd absurd, uh, analogy,
1: but, but I, I understand. I do.
2: You know, so my whole thing really has, has devolved down. I don't push it on people. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do, when people ask, I really have worked it down to this. If, if I can see evidence of something showing affection, Mm. another one, if it's kind or something else, I won't eat it. Right, if I. It's like aware, if it's that aware, I'm not going to eat okay. it. Yes, it just doesn't feel right to me. If other people and I, I'll get, I'll get people coming and like, yeah, but have you ever had bacon? I'm, Shut up.
0: Yeah. Shut yeah. Up.
2: Yes, <laughs> I have. I've had tons of bacon and tons of barbecue. I've eaten more than my fill of that stuff, and I've made the decision for me that mm-hmm. you know, I don't have uh, carn- carnivores' teeth. And mm-hmm. everybody that's like the the Rogans and stuff out there, like yeah, carnivore. We don't. We have. We have. We have teeth like cattle more our teeth are way more like cattle than they are like lions so Probably i'm just either. gonna you know I, I, i'll eat the stuff that works for me uh yeah. i don't i don't i go out with the guys all the time and they're like whiskey and bourbon and and, and barbecue and meat. i don't <laughs> you know, i don't give them shit they don't give and they don't give me shit john will be like yeah. what's that i'll be like oh this is a you know china masala this vegan thing i made he'd be like oh give me some and like, yeah, yeah. good
0: Yeah. And everybody
1: knows too that you like make the best food, and you know I've heard about the legendary guacamole. And I, yeah, I see your post, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that looks delicious.
2: If I see my tour coming near you, I'm just gonna make the right before I get on the bus. I'm just gonna make guac and like carry some Sarah guac all the way. That would
1: make me so happy, so so happy. I'll uh, I'll bring some, you know, I'll I'll bring some of my desserts. I I make um I make um cupcakes. Actually, some of the guys will tell you too. I used to bring cupcakes all the time. Um I make like a chocolate cupcake with a peanut butter cup baked into the middle and homemade peanut butter frosting. And that's like I know. That one's the killer. That's the plan next time you come around.
2: Okay. I could probably have that. You know what? You, I can't um actually when I eat almond butter or peanut butter now, COVID ruined it.
1: Oh no. Okay. We'll have to do something else. It.
2: But I can eat it with chocolate and it works.
1: Oh, that, so does it taste different to you?
2: No. If I just take a spoon of peanut butter and yeah. eat it. It tastes like there's curry powder on it.
1: Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. That's not good. That's terrible. I've um, heard people like coffee. It ruined coffee for them. People say it ruined like the taste of wine. Yeah, I didn't taste it.
2: After that COVID, I had uh, uh, the PASIC COVID. I yeah. didn't taste it until January.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: It not take anything for two and a half months.
1: Like two, yeah, two I was months. gonna say that's a couple of months. That is that is awful. Um, well, I don't wanna I don't, I don't wanna
2: want to leave. To go back. I, I I asked them and they don't know yet. But I don't know how that works for this for for this fall's PASIC. I hope oh. nobody like Vinny called him and was like, Yeah, I want to do it this year because then I'm screwed. But, oh no. <laughs> but yeah I hope I get to show up this year or in the next couple, you know, sometime soon and actually present that because I, I was really bummed I had a, a really cool clinic yes. planned.
1: well and, and we were supposed to go to dinner that night too yeah. right like we had a dinner planned and you had this clinic that you're going to present and
2: I, I was know. stoked to be there and I, that broke my heart and and you know I was good I felt like I I felt like I was going to continue my the arc of my of, of my persona as far as like instruction and, and drumming and it, the whole point was going to be like the, the whole theme of it was going to be how to take my job basically <laughs> like i'll give you everything you need to know mm-hmm. uh, How to, if you can convince john like you're cooler than me like you can just steal my job
1: there you go that, you that's that's actually that. a really great clinic though because you know the the real life lessons, I think, of being a touring drummer are something that um you, you don't find that everywhere. You know, you're you're finding lessons on how to play and you know how to how to recreate these drum sounds or whatever. But like when it comes to the real life aspect and and also I think I think a lot of people aren't aware that maybe it's not the life for them, you know, because it, it is, it's not easy.
2: It's
0: it's not an well, easy
2: a lot of people are mm-hmm. unwilling. Uh, I, now, the studio guys, this goes in with my stay in your lane thing from earlier. Talk mm-hmm. to some studio guys and ask them about that. I've done a lot of studio stuff, but I'm not the guy that is doing it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there are better people to say what works and what doesn't for studio stuff. But for live stuff, I think a lot of people don't realize that you don't get paid for the show. You think it's a show pay? Oh, I want, I can't take that gig. It's $300 a day. Or I want 1000 a day or whatever for the show right. pay. It's not your show pay. You call it show pay, but it's not you. John doesn't pay me. I give him the shows for free, and I've said this before. And and people that are in the know are like, "Yep, shows are for free." I like playing drums. I like mm-hmm. playing drums with my friends. Uh, I like the energy of crowds. You know, that's been my purpose as an adult. That's easy for me, um, and it doesn't stress me out even when things go wrong. What you pay me for is to not be petting my dogs on the couch right there. Yeah. And, dinner with my loved ones and you know uh having a life because Mm -hmm. when you're on the road you don't get the day at all everybody else can go to work um you know for eight hours or five hours or whatever they do and then they and then they're off and they can they can choose what to do with their time i cannot i am not at home i can't do anything else yeah so give me for the 22 and a half hours a day that i'm not that that you have forced me to be away from home right Mm -hmm. So I like that lifestyle and it doesn't bother me, but you know, I when I'm home, I'm totally home for months at a time and that's great. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I also don't get any weekends in the summer. I don't yeah. to, after 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 this Thursday, I don't I don't get a weekend off until October.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? And and that, you know, and and honestly, I'll give you a little hint about life for home life for touring drummers and not you, but the people mm-hmm. that are listening. What you cannot do, and typically, and people don't mean to do this, but you end up in this power uh, dynamic with most relationships and families to where you don't even get hobbies because you're on the road either for months at a time if you're doing a rock tour or from Wednesday night until Sunday morning if you're doing a country tour touring out of Nashville. You can't come home and be like, I want to go fishing. Right. You're only home for 40 hours.
1: Yes, yeah, 50
2: hours or 72 hours or whatever. So if you love doing something that's on the side, oh I love building building railroad model, model trains or model airplanes or something. what, you're gonna take five or six hours out of the 70 that you're home with your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your partner, mm-hmm. your children, your dogs. You can't you can't burn 10, 15 hours of the, of your awake time right you're home for three days you're only awake for about 18 24 hours of that right we're going to burn 10 hours of that doing some doing some having some fun stuff Mm
0: -hmm. you end up not
2: having that so you end up just having your life on the road and then coming home and then being of service to your friends your family your loved ones because Mm -hmm. you're just not there and you missed everything that happened on saturday and Friday and Saturday, right?
0: Right,
1: right, exactly. But
2: it's important to let people know that when they're, I want to do that for a living, like, all right, well, there's some things you give up for
1: that. Yeah, yeah, uh, this is what it entails, right? And,
2: and and this goes back to your first one too, which is like maybe figure out: do you are you are you in it just for the, the drumming of it? Because now, unlike any other time in the world in history, now you don't have to be a studio drummer or a touring drummer. Mm-hmm. I saw a post. I forget the guy's name, but he was he's really arrogant. Oh, no. This <laughs> drummer, I, I, he's really cocky, um, really mouthy, like weapons-grade mouthy, even more than me. <laughs> I stumbled across it because somebody shared it with me, like, look at this guy. And the funny thing is, this guy is insanely talented. Hmm. Really, just, just an insane I, – and I, honestly, I can't I, – I, I'm not even, like def- – not not saying his name because I don't want to say it because you know me I'd be like it's Bill Schneebly. Yeah. <laughs> right um, uh, I forget his name, can't remember it, but he's really good, yes. really fast. One of the one of the pattern math pattern guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. For a minute, I watched a few things. I was like, because ah, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a post of it, that were, like he literally wrote something to the effect of like I'm not interested in playing music with people. I'm I do this because I want to push myself on the drums and be yes. a and I was like oh okay go, go. <laughs> like, okay <laughs> immediately I was just like oh yeah are great now you can do that
1: yeah do your thing right
2: do your by all means everyone do your thing don't do mm-hmm. mine it what's mm-hmm. good for me works for me I have mm-hmm. dad. Groups, you know yeah. like I'm not' I'm, I don't play like Eric Moore I don't want to play like Eric Moore
1: right right.
2: I've seen Ronald yeah. it's frightening. Yeah. It's frightening to watch him play. Right. That's great for him. And he's yeah. better at it than I am, you know? And right. I, you know, so like everyone should just want to play like themselves. But I remember seeing that having this moment when I read that and I was like, wow, I had a total impression of this guy. It's like this. I was like looking down at him for a minute. And then I read that. I was like, Oh, well, you know what? He is in, he, he is in the lane. He has chosen and ripping so by all means is it something that i can appreciate sure is it something that i want to implement or worry about not particularly
0: yeah because yeah for
2: me, my the drumming is about a support it's about something else you know and it isn't better or worse it's just what i've chosen Absolutely. So like now the great thing about now is that if somebody's like i want to build an online base of my uh, uh, you know I wanna use my chops or my personality or whatever to build this fan base. And maybe I'll parlay that into the gigs I want to do. I mm-hmm. would like to over 12, 15 years in a van and trailer. And I wanna just like cherry pick later. Now you can do that. Does it make some old guys like me go like, hey, man, you should earn your earn your licks. And I have said that in the past. Yeah, it does. And I realized that I sounded just as idiotic saying that as the people now that are like, well, I had to pay for college. Kids now should have to pay for college too. Shut up, grandpa. <laughs> Shut up. Shut, just because you had a hardship, you 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 want to force everybody to go through that same hardship. Mm-hmm. Nah, don't be an idiot. Mm-hmm. But the path that takes the, that long path to getting those gigs, there are some skills you learn along the way that yes. you cannot learn on your own the shed or in a basement you are going to lack some things is the artist you work for later potentially going to care i don't know but you learn things like people all the time are like why do you have a you have your kick drum pedal and you have this other one next to it Mm -hmm. what's that one for is that for a loop or something i'm like no 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 you put your spare behind you on that spare snare drum right and they're like well yeah and i was like and if you break your pedal or the beater flies out or something snaps what do you do you do what everybody does you play the floor tom kick pattern on your floor tom yeah hey that sounds like crap b you have now given up one of your subdivision hands and it is now the kick drum hand mm-hmm. and you have to finish out an entire song without a hi-hat or a ride but now you just have you know i love rock and roll effectively you're playing the kick <laughs> drum on your floor tom and the snare part it sounds thin it sounds crappy Everybody on the stage is now looking at you because it feels completely different than it once it when it than it mm-hmm. did minutes ago. or you cannot do that and you can just put it next to your, put your pedal right next to your other pedal and it'll hit the corner of your kick drum and it won't sound as good as the primary but it'll still go boom and you can keep playing your, you can just keep playing the show and then three minutes later when the song ends you can just switch. So you good. Know, yeah. You learn those Having a pedal fail on you in front of a crowd that is bigger than you wanted it to be, right? Time, you know, so I, I think know. That, <clears throat> I think that people staying in their lane is, you know, it's easy to say that, but I think that my point with that really is just that it's best if people choose their if they they're at a time now where they can do anything they want to become mm-hmm. a celebrity. There are awards given out now. Yeah. Trusting personality. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but you can go after it. And if you want to turn that into touring later, mm-hmm. okay. If you don't yep. want to do it and you're just playing drums because you want to be the fastest guy or you want to you want to be the guy with the best flow, where you're putting all these patterns together and these groupings together, if that's what titillates you about drums,
0: mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. But
2: I'll call, I'll be an asshole if I see you trying to give lessons on how to be a studio player.
1: Right, right,
2: yeah. You're a, a, you're a fraud when it comes to that. Just say, Do your thing. But I think a lot of uh, people get bound by the way them, the way they did it is the only way to do it. I think there's a lot to be learned from getting on the road, playing with other people. And that's to me, that's paying your dues. But I also am aware of the fact that there are other avenues now mm-hmm. uh, that are available. And... I feel bad for younger players because there's less venues. There were so many places I could play when I was in my 20s. I spent my entire decade of my 20s playing club after club, 200, 250 shows a year. Just a club an hour and a half away from the last club. And all of those clubs are condos now.
1: Yeah, I know. It is, it's like that everywhere. And it is, it is really sad. And I actually have seen like, I've seen some new venues opening up around me like so around the Boston area and it's yep. just like oh my gosh this is so good've I've been to two new venues actually I hope
2: they can stay open
1: right I know fingers crossed um it's yeah it's so, it's a- so honestly
2: you know uh, these kids and I say kids but people in their 20s they're like man screw it I want to make it
0: mm-hmm. they don't have the
2: opportunities that I had as far as like being able hey the cost of living was lower so mm-hmm. I could my cut could be 300 bucks a week. Right, I was in my van and trailer with my six bros, and we could survive Mm -hmm. doing forty-seven weeks a year, up and down the East Coast from Toad's Place to Galaxy Five, just up and down the East Coast. We could do Mm -hmm. that for a decade. Now, you can't, you don't have that. It costs more to do it. The the, buying the van doesn't cost seven thousand dollars; it costs thirty-four thousand dollars insurance costs more everything costs more so it's harder for them to do it why wouldn't they stay at home instead and take out a loan for four grand and or borrow money from their mom or their sister and set up a bunch of cameras and work on being a personality why why the hell wouldn't they do that
1: right right if
2: I was 42, it's exactly what i'd be doing Absolutely. so i've kind of changed my tune on how to get there but i do hope you know, it's real fun to get the cute kids. Oh, they're cute and they're kids and they can play drums. Awesome. You know, mm-hmm. uh, really fun to like, you know, get the people with the big followers that, you know, but, you know, that's great. But I think sometimes you have to find those people that maybe they don't have a massive following because they don't put the effort into that, but they have some quality stuff that is in their lane that they have mastered that they're showing. I think the perfect balance is somebody like Zuckerman. He's mm. a drumming personality. His following is pretty immense. Yes. He, he, you know, he's an educator. Mm-hmm. And when he does educate, he isn't full of shit. He's an mm-hmm. educator. He knows yes. what he's doing. Um, he does have the history. He did pay his dues, but he has also embraced this new technology. And let's be honest, you strip all of that away. He is a filthy, disgusting, monstrously talented guy.
1: He really is. I just saw a clip of him last night that just blew oh, me yeah. Okay. So we're
0: thinking.
2: About <laughs> <clip>. <laughs> I saw that same clip. And I was just like, "Oh my like, gosh, Kevin!" Like, ah! Okay, I'm
1: gonna have to link that clip in the description so everyone can can see it because it was, <laughs> was so like, so... yeah, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> and, and I've only talked to him really briefly once. uh He's a sweetheart, so I yeah. think guys like that. They're the good ones, and you notice, and it, here are the good ones. And I understand there's a there's a stylistic thing. People like when they're watching boxing, they like some like Canelo, some like Mayweather, some like mouthy sportsmen. You know, I yeah. get that that personality has a lot to do with it for a lot of people. But for me, it means a lot to me when I see somebody like Ash or Todd, mm-hmm. which, not arrogant.
0: Yeah. They're better
2: than everybody else. And when was the when? Tell me the last time you heard Benny Greb say something arrogant.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're so right.
2: And he's better than everybody, and he he's and he's working. not arrogant about it. And and if anything, he's 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 really humble, and he and he and he just like he stays focused. To mm-hmm. me, the guys that are playing on that level that don't need to strut. Mm-hmm. Those and, and 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 you know, it's kind of like the, you know, I remember somebody saying, "Who was it? It was like Cindy." Cindy Blackman was playing something. Somebody was like, yeah, I don't like her drumming. I was like, you don't like her drumming? Fuck, what's wrong with you? What <laughs> do you like about her drumming? Is it because she, she's a her? Or is it because you yeah. look her hair? You don't like the band she's in? Like, she's a great drummer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, I, I think that, and she's cool. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get known because they're cocky or whatever. Mm. You know, they're like, but you can always, you can always call them out. The people that, are, it's funny, the people that are most arrogant inevitably they're they're either dead right <clears throat> because they stay in their very shallow lane or it's a joke like i've seen some real uh very busy sloppy velocities are all over the place just ego drummers we like and their captains are like my groove is impeccable yeah. <laughs> no it isn't you can't, you can't quit screwing with the hi-hat and oh, no. you play a hockey to save your life, <laughs> you know, but oh then you look at Todd.
1: Yeah. And
2: yeah. you look at some of these other players, you're just like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I know. I, my, you know, my, uh, I watched my, I watched a clip the other day of my friend Megan Coleman playing with a, a, a woman named Yola and she was playing this tune. I, I, I was just, I think her last single or whatever. It's this kind of thing at the end where they kind of they kind of vamp a little bit, and I was watching her like play this. This groove was just silky. Was, mm. And I remember like the you know I remember seeing her post about stuff earlier, and it was she she never she wouldn't have brought she didn't bring attention to herself. It was about the artist. i was like yeah if you get like the the math drummers in on this they'd be like check out this thing i'm playing
1: yeah yes yeah
2: look at this painting i'm a part of and it was really (laughs) it was beautiful to read that you know it was i I like players like that i think i aspire to be more like that because i can i can come sometimes get cocky about what i think i know
1: well you know it's the players like that who have longevity in the industry and just can transition from one thing to the next throughout their career. And, you know, that's a good thing. And I, I mean, I think you've done that for yourself through the different gigs that you've had and the progression that you've had. And you're at a point where you're you're at, you have this really great gig and, you know, like you said, you're surrounded by good people and, you know, and one of those people I just have to give a shout out to um, Will Easterwood because he made one of the greatest snare swaps ever recently
2: it i've never weird. seen a better one i've never seen a better one and, I, and the funny thing is i see all these other people share there's like your friend danny i know you're friends with dc yes. with danny and and one of these, one of these days you're going to facilitate me meeting him and i'm just going to be like hey man and then walk off <laughs> you know i don't i don't know if we'll be pals or not but i love him um but people will be like sharing that snare swap that they did and i was like hey I give, his, I give his tech some credit. The snare he's swapping out is like 25 pounds. So,
1: yes, yeah. You
2: know, but I see other drum swaps, and I'm th- and all of them are like, man, they're good. My friend Noel was with uh, Freeze on the Sting tour. He swapped mm-hmm. out really quick. I was like, man, Noel, that was great. When Will did that with me, I literally just went, I literally just turned my head and went, snares are gone. And he was like, and I he took off. And then yep. the next thing I know, he slaps me on the back, and I – Go to the symbols and stuff happens right here. Yeah, yep. uh, I'm about to hit a snare. I'm about yep. to hit the and I go fop and it's on. It and was just so
1: good. He just reached in there and got the snares like just in time. It was perfect. It really. It was uh, like, yeah, that would blew me away. Brown,
2: Jeff Brown just recently took over as my tech because uh, Bear moved over to stage management and. Oh. Uh, And Jeff was like, man, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to come up with a better snare swap so I can, like, push Bear out of the way. I was like, (laughs) please, God, do not stress me to that level. No,
0: no,
1: no, no. And I I mean, that is such a stressful situation.
2: Bear is still still pissed off that you and Paul are no longer with Zildjian because he was like, yep, I guess I'm never getting those clusters back, huh? Oh,
0: no. Oh, no. You can't get
2: a hold of anybody.
0: (laughs) Oh Oh, man!
2: I'm sure you'll be able to buy something Paul's making soon. I see some clips. I see symbols. You know.
1: Yes, I'm gonna. Let me just make a really quick note, and I'm gonna wrap, and then and then I'm just gonna ask you about that. Okay. (laughs) Um, hold on. I want to know something.
2: Are you playing?
1: I am. You know, I'm. I'm waiting for my drums to come, and then I'm going to spend some time and get myself back together. I miss. Playing so much. I've literally been like sitting in this chair hustling for like two years. So oh.
2: it's, well, because I think that I've had this conversation with, with with some other friends of yours before. Yes. I think people, you know, they know your name, obviously. Um and you know, when you get people like I saw your Daru, I saw that clip of you and Daru the other day. And the funny thing is, I think you must have filmed that. Like an hour after you must have filmed that, with within a few hours of me actually running into Daru because he was, yes,
1: learning. I did. Because you guys were at the at the, uh, the yeah. um, I, day,
2: right? and I just went into forks to get drum heads because I don't want to bug Aquarian right now, they're uh moving, their, they're relocating from their, oh. their, their house. And okay. I and uh, Brady was like, Man, call me later for heads. I was like, I'll call you in June for. The tour heads, but I'll just go buy some at Force because I think that like people that have endorsements, I don't think they realize how often they take advantage of the reps. You know, yeah, I- I'm going to go buy a-, a couple of Tom mounts and stuff. Like I'm not, eh, you know, Brady. Brady treats me right, and I've been with Aquarium for a real long time. Like yeah, I'm not going to go make him dig through a shipping container to find me seven heads that match like i can go to forks and spend 80 bucks it's okay but anyway i was in there and i didn't even know it was was gretch day but the reason i brought that up was to say that like you know there are artists reps like you like chris stanky like andrew shreve like garrison you know there that, that are guys the guys that women and men um i never met your counterpart on the west coast with zildjian what, what was her kirsten,
0: name? kirsten kirsten yeah.
2: yeah never met her because I just never happened but like there are names that there are people that have been that you you know and you respect because of what they do, and I think people know you from that and know you from what you're doing now. But I don't think they realize that you can drum that you play.
1: Yeah, I know, I
2: it's a it. bummer to not see you. Sometimes I'm like looking at your feed and I'm like, oh come on, post, let me see you playing. Hey. Yeah,
1: I get that. I get that a lot. Like, why don't you post drumming videos? I'm like, I'm literally so.
0: You're so I busy. just you're too busy God. to drum.
1: Honestly, it, it's yeah, life is so freaking crazy. And let me let me just um, I'm just going to wrap this and and click off the recording and then I'll tell you a little bit more. All okay. right. Um. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being here today. I so appreciate it. And it was awesome to catch up with you.
2: Thank you. I get off on tangents. I'm sorry. I know. You asked a question, I'm like,
1: beep, boing. <laughs> <laughs> we like it. It's a good thing, and we touched upon a bunch of great stuff. So, I appreciate it, and I can't wait to see you when you come back through this way.
2: Gonna, I, when we hang up, I'm gonna dig through. This is John's first kind of like headlining tour of mid level headliner stuff. I think in the next year or two, we'll be doing the big sheds as a headliner. Awesome. Okay, I think, um, but I'm gonna see if we get near. I'm gonna see if we get near Boston, and if okay. we do, if we do. I got you. I want to see you. It's been okay. too long, so thanks and for I, this.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I will actually be in Nashville mid July for the Music City Drum Sh- Expo.
2: Music awesome. You, Drum let Show me them. know when you're coming in because even if I have shows that weekend or whatever, if you're if you're trailing out on Sunday or you're coming in on like a Wednesday, I might go to catch you on one of the ends.
1: Absolutely. I'll, I'll let, you, let some, you know.
2: You bring vegan treats. I'll make you some chana masala or something.
1: Yay! I love it. Thank you, Kevin. I'll talk <laughs> to you soon. <laughs>
0: Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.